and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar, and I believe that God wants to fill up heaven. He wants everyone to be saved, including you. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it, and then the end will come. That's the gospel, the good news of Jesus' true salvation. I pray that as you hear this message, it will encourage you to read the Bible for yourself. Seek the truth. Ask God to open your heart, eyes, and mind to understand what His Spirit is trying to tell you. The episode will begin after a short message. What is the salvation of Jesus Christ? I recently did a series on the Apostles' Creed as the foundation of what Christians profess to believe. The Apostle Paul gave us another creed, quote unquote, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, where he proves beyond a reasonable doubt that Jesus died, was resurrected, and is now in God's glory with the Father in heaven. Let's go through it. Paul writes, again, I'm reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let me remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcomed it then, and you still stand firm in it. It is this good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you, unless, of course, you believed something that was never true in the first place. Hmm, never true in the first place. I can think of a few things since Paul's writing of this letter that are absolutely not true that have been taught by a church. Things that were invented. Let's see, purgatory, infant baptism, sacraments, salvation by works. But that's for a future study. I'm working on that now. Okay, let's continue. Verse 3. I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scriptures said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. He was seen by Peter and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. Last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him. For I am the least of all the apostles. In fact, I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle after the way I persecuted God's church. But whatever I am now, it is all because God poured out his special favor on me and not without results. For I have worked harder, harder than any of the other apostles. Yet it was not I, but God, who was working through me by his grace. So it makes no, different whether, what, no difference whether I preach or they preach, for we all preach the same message you have already believed. Okay. So actually, Jesus was seen by Mary Magdalene first. Then she went and got Peter. Maybe Paul used Peter's name because it's more recognizable than Mary. That's what I'm thinking about. Um, also, Paul's life was changed by grace. He was persecuting Christians until Jesus confronted him on the road to Damascus. And you can read about that in Acts 9. There's a link to it in my blog. 
Um, grace is free and undeserved. Paul is proof of that. He did nothing to deserve grace and salvation. Continuing, the resurrection of the dead, verse 12. But tell me this, since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying there would be no resurrection of the dead? For if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. And we apostles will be all lying about God, for we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. But that can't be true if there is no resurrection of the dead. And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection of the dead has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest. Then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. Stop here a minute. Do you believe? Do you belong to Christ? Jesus was raised first. Then all of us who are born again Christian believers who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back for us. And that will be in the rapture which could happen any day now. Are you ready? Continuing, verse 24. After that, the end will come, when he will turn the kingdom over to God the Father, having destroyed every ruler and authority and power. For Christ must reign until he humbles all his enemies beneath his feet. And that last enemy to be destroyed is death. For the scriptures say God has put all things under his authority. Of course, when he says all things are under his authority, that does not include God himself who gave Christ his authority. Then when all things are under his authority, the son will put himself under God's authority so that God who gave his son authority over all things will be utterly supreme over everything everywhere. All right, let's pause here a second. Get this, so anyone who thinks they have authority over Christ will be humbled and destroyed. Satan is the first one on this list. Can you think of anyone else? Continuing, verse 29. If the dead will not be raised, what point is there in people being baptized for those who are dead? Why do it unless the dead will someday rise again? Okay, pause here a second. Remember, the baptism Paul is referring to here is not infant baptism, but adult baptism, where a new believer is showing his or herself and the world that they are dying to their old life and rising up again in Christ in a new life. They're leaving their old sinful self behind with the help of the Holy Spirit and lead a sanctified life. So baptism is for the living.
Continuing, verse 30. And why should we ourselves risk our lives hour by hour? For I swear, dear brothers and sisters, that I face death daily. This is as certain as my pride in what Christ our Lord has done in you. And what value was there in fighting wild beasts, those people of Ephesus, if there will be no resurrection from the dead? And if there is no resurrection, let's feast and drink for tomorrow we die. That is so taken out of context. <sighs> Continuing verse 33. Don't be fooled by those who say such things for bad company corrupts good character. Think carefully about what is right and stop sinning. For to your shame, I say that some of you don't know God at all. So here's a question for you. Do you know God? Well, he wants to know you. And there's a link in my blog to another article that talks just about that. God wants to be your friend. The resurrection body, continuing, verse 35. But someone may ask, how will the dead be raised? What kind of bodies will they have? What a foolish question. When you put a seed into the ground, it doesn't grow into a plant unless it dies first. And what you put in the ground is not the plant that will grow, but only a bare seed of wheat or whatever you are planting. Then God gives it the new body he wants it to have. A different plant grows from each kind of seed. Similarly, there are different kinds of flesh, one kind for humans, another for animals, another for birds, another for fish. There are also bodies in the heavens and bodies on the earth. The glory of the heavenly bodies is different from the glory of the earthly bodies. The sun has one kind of glory, while the moon and stars each have another kind. And even the stars differ from each other in their glory. It is the same way with the resurrection of the dead. Our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die, but they will be raised to live forever. Our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. They are buried in weakness, but they will be raised in strength. They are buried as, as natural human bodies, but they will be raised as spiritual bodies. For just as there are natural bodies, there are also spiritual bodies. The scripture tells us the first man, Adam, became a living person. But the last Adam, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. What comes first is the natural body. Then the spiritual body comes later. Adam, the first man, was made from the dust of the earth, while Christ, the second man, came from heaven. Earthly people are like the earthly man, and heavenly people are like the heavenly man. Just as we are now like the earthly man, we will someday be like the heavenly man. What I am saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever eternity. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown, for when that trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever, and we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then, 
when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Wow. Well, in yesterday's post, I told you about a friend who recently passed away from a terrible struggle with cancer. Just knowing that he no longer is in that old cancer-riddled, painful body, but free of pain and sorrow with Jesus in God's glory, is what gives me hope to keep doing what I'm doing. Also notice that there's nothing about purgatory here at all. It's because purgatory doesn't exist. It's an invention of the Catholic Church, and I will reveal the details very soon. The question is, where do you stand? If you're not sure, then you need to reread this post and invite Jesus into your heart. I was watching one of the Bible prophecy preachers, and he had a cool and simple way of describing the steps of salvation, the ABCs. A, admit you're a sinner. B, believe Jesus is the Lord. And C, call upon his name. So admit you're a sinner, repent of your sins, do a 180, stop sinning. Believe that Jesus is the Lord, the Son of God, and that he died taking your sins away on the cross. Call upon his name, invite him personally. If you don't know how to do that, you can pray this simple prayer sincerely, humbly, and wholeheartedly. Just get on your knees. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner. I believe you died for my sins. Please forgive me. Right now, I turn from my sins and open the door of my heart and my life to you. I confess you as my personal Lord and Savior. I surrender my whole life to you, and I will follow you for the rest of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you click on over to my blog, and at the bottom, I've got the next steps in your walk with Jesus. Jesus Christ is coming back soon. Are you ready? Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory. Yes, the kingdom of God is here. We are living in strange, crazy times. The last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart. They are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, verses 20 to 22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Folks, Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Invite him, your savior, into your heart. If you don't know what to say, read the prayer in the show notes. Thank you for listening to this episode, and I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of Scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope is through Jesus Christ 
only. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. Make sure you download my favorite free Bible study apps, YouVersion, Bible App, and Through the Word. These will make it easy for you to get into the habit of reading the Bible daily and seeking the truth for yourself. Oh, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button, then the share button. The good news of Jesus Christ is meant to be shared. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory.